Today is a very special day. Bob, you are alive. Hey guys, I'm Dr. Adam Martin, and you're listening to The Fit Pharmacist. So, what is The Fit Pharmacist? Is it a person? No. It is a movement in the profession of pharmacy to be your best self. Our core belief in our business is if you bring 100% of yourself to the table, you will better impact your patients, your family, and your own life. And that is what we're here to do today. Guys, in community pharmacy, there is a huge issue that we are going to talk about today. And that issue is a stigma that us in community pharmacy do not have clinical knowledge. Does this make you angry? Does this make you feel not part of the real community of pharmacy? Unfortunately, there's a lot of stigma out there in community pharmacy that we, quote, don't know enough as other pharmacists, say in hospital setting, clinical care, acute care, etc. Now, this is, a, this is a limiting belief that not only other people have in the healthcare profession, but also a lot of pharmacists can fall privy to, with the main reason being we don't have enough time. As you guys know, being in pharmacy, stuff changes every frickin' day. Drugs get revoked, new drugs get approved, new generics get approved, some generics aren't AB rated, on and on and on and on. There's a lot to keep up on. There's a lot of things we have to manage in the pharmacy. We have life outside of the pharmacy. So how do we stay on top to bring the best game we can to our patients to give the care? Well, guys, today I have a special guest, and that is his mission. He is a community pharmacist looking to break down this stigma and empower pharmacists working in the community setting to bring their best clinical knowledge to their practice. Guys, I'd like to make a special welcome to Dr. Mike Corvino of Core Consult Rx. Mike, thanks for being with us today. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Thank you for your time. So, Absolutely. I'd like you to just to give uh, listeners here just a brief intro of who you are. We know you're the man with the plan for the pharmacy, bringing the clinical knowledge. Uh, if you guys don't follow him already on Instagram, he's at Core Consult Rx. We'll have the links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, Mike, if you just want to tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're on this mission. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, graduated from pharmacy school a couple of years ago, and I've been working in retail pharmacy for going on 10 years when I graduated. So I wanted to stay that route, and I decided not to do the residency track. And so I wanted to stay on the community route, but one of the, the main concerns I had was all these pharmacists telling me that it's too hard to keep up with information, that you're not going to be able to retain all of the clinical knowledge that you learn in school, and so on and so forth. So I kind of made it my mission when I was in my fourth year of pharmacy school to, to basically not fall into that. So I knew I was going to go into community, and I didn't want to, to go down that route and feel like I had forgotten all my knowledge or that I was stuck or anything like that. So as soon as I graduated, and really even before I graduated, but one of the things that I did is I started basically finding something new an hour a day and spent reading on that topic, some new topic that I wasn't familiar with. And regardless of what was going on, regardless of whether I was working that day or off, I just started looking through that material for like an hour a day. Um, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be that long, but that's, that's kind of just an arbitrary amount of time I set aside. So... 
started doing that, and I was working as a, like a floater community pharmacist for a retail chain. And then about four or five months in to uh, my career as an actual pharmacist, I got an opportunity to become a pharmacy manager, and it really just kind of the timing, everything played out to where it was just kind of a perfect situation. And so I, I got the position for pharmacy manager, and right at the same time, because I really wasn't expecting to become a pharmacy manager for a couple of years out, I had applied for this job with the city. So I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and in Charleston, we have this program where city employees who have diabetes can enroll in this diabetes education program where they have to meet with a physician once every three months to six months, depending on how well controlled they are, and then they have to meet with a PharmD once every month to three months, depending on how controlled they are. So I enrolled, or I applied for that position, again, just kind of trying to get my foot in the door. I, I didn't, with my lack of experience, I didn't really uh, anticipate getting that position. But so one of my professors was actually already working in that for that organization and so he kind of vouched for me because he was looking to get out of the the program and start some other uh paths that he was currently taking and he didn't have enough time so he he asked the director of the program if he could transfer his patients to me and they would bring me in as a diabetes educator so they ended up it all worked out again with kind of the timing and so I got that position, and then the next day they called me about the pharmacy manager position. So I, I didn't want to just pick one or the other. I felt like they were both strong opportunities, so I just decided I was going to give up most of my free time and just do both both positions. So I did that about a year, uh, almost two years now, actually, um, about two years ago, and then it, it's been going great. I'm really glad that I decided to do both jobs at the same time. Uh, it's definitely been great learning opportunities from both fronts. Uh, and then just recently, my newest kind of path that I'm going on is I got a position uh, teaching twice a week at a new physician assistant school that's starting up here in Charleston. Uh, they're basically paying me to write the curriculum for pharmacology, and then I'm going to teach it starting in January, and I'll be teaching pharmacology one, two, three, all the way through the program. And that'll only be two days a week, so I'm going to be kind of tagging that on to what I'm already doing and uh, going to try to do the trifecta and see see if we can make it work. Wow, man, you are on it. But I have a couple questions, just to, yeah, just sure. to clarify. So there are a lot of pharmacy positions out there where the companies will only allow you to work eight-hour shifts, split shifts, to make it more manageable. Um, I know for myself, I used to work 13-hour shifts with my biggest stretch being three 13s in a row. What did, what did you just finish doing for three days in a row? What was your shift length? So this past week, and this is not a normal um, week for me, but this past week, just because we had to move some things around, I ended up doing a uh, – I did three 15-hour shifts and a 10-hour shift this week. Okay, so three 15-hour shifts back-to-back, -back, all right? And you are the manager of the pharmacy. You're not a floater. You're not staff, correct? Right, I'm, a, I'm the pharmacy manager. And you're married? I am, yes. So you're working full-time, 15-hour shifts. You're the manager and you're married, yet, and you're going to be teaching at a PA school, pharmacology, yet you find the time to make this a priority to get the clinical knowledge 
And even though you have this crazy schedule with a very limited, quote, free time, I don't even know what that is, um, you still find time to get clinical knowledge and stay up to date. Do I understand that correctly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, guys, the reason I'm asking these questions is to qualify. This guy is literally doing the work, okay? He is the extreme when it comes to shift length. If he can do it, shit, I can do it. And I bet you can do it too. And that is what we're here. We are here to break down those misconceptions that there's not enough time. We are here to offer you advice and practical tips because Mike's, Mike's been doing it. He's been doing it since he graduated, pharmacy manager. He's not cutting back, he's expanding. So he's using this work ethic to really drive his workforce and make an impact, not only on his patients, but with the profession of pharmacy and us as community pharmacists. So I just wanted to clarify that to you guys and let you know like he's literally working the extremes. So in that environment, he's still able to find the time and the resources to stay on top of clinical knowledge. And that's what we have him here on today, to give you those practical tips so that you can apply them. So Mike, we'll talk about that right now. So in community pharmacy, we are one of, if not the, most accessible healthcare professional of healthcare professionals. You can walk into any pharmacy, boom, there's your pharmacist. Try doing that at a doctor's office or a hospital, probably be waiting or you have to come back another day. So we're the most accessible, but we have this, a lot of us have this feeling that we don't have enough time or we just feel maybe intimidated that there's so much knowledge we don't know where to start. So break it down for us. What If someone is trying to get better in clinical knowledge um, and they have that feeling of I don't have enough time, maybe they have kids, maybe they have other things going on, but they want to get started with bridging that gap that they feel they have with the clinical knowledge, what would you recommend is a good place to start so that they can get on that path? So, so I think the first step really is kind of reverse engineering your schedule, writing every single thing out, whether it you every hour you write down what you did that hour, however it is for the entire week, and see how it plays out. People have a lot more free time than they think they do. Now, people say, I need downtime, I need this, I need that. There's, there's so much wasted time uh, in the day, and I feel like that's one of the first things people need to do is really assess where their time is going and assess how many hours they're spending watching TV and Netflix and all this, that, and the other, and how much time they're relaxing and how much time you really need, quote-unquote, relaxing, and what, what their other extracurricular activities. And, you know, everyone has to have time with family, whether you're married and you have kids or you're going to see parents or whatever it may be. Everybody has those, you know, time restrictions, but it's definitely possible to fit in everything you want to do, you just have to do it smartly and you have to really utilize strong time management skills, really. So besides checking your schedule, I think you got to pick a very small, if you're not used to doing any kind of continuing ed or other than the requirements to keep a license, the first thing I would say to do is to pick something very small, small goal, whether it's 15 minutes. Even 15 minutes a day would make huge differences. And 15 minutes is not, not difficult to, to do. You can fit in 15 minutes somewhere. And so 15 minutes, start with that. Pick a different topic. It can be completely random, whatever you want it to be. But try to learn something new every single day, whether it's a new drug, uh, whatever it is, new guidelines that come out. 
new disease state you're not familiar with, and something new every day for even 15 minutes to get started, and then slowly build on that as you know your schedule allows it and, and you get kind of used to that. You'd be surprised how 15 minutes just becomes the norm and then 30 minutes, and then now you don't even think about it for a while. It's just like turn it on the TV. You just do your reading or your continuing ed, whatever form of media that comes in, and it just becomes part of your routine. You don't even think about it. I, I don't consciously think, oh, I, I need to sit down now and do, you know, some, read some journal articles because, you know, I just need to check a box. Like, I don't even think about it. I just do it now. I get up in the morning, I check my email, uh, and look at, see what articles that the website that I subscribed to sent me. And, and that's really the, the next piece of the puzzle is to kind of find ways to get information sent to you to, to limit the time that you have to spend searching for new content. And so I use websites like Evidence Alerts um, that's put out by uh, a company. It's, it's a free website you can go to, and they will you pick which topics that interest you or that pertain to your career field, and they have everything you could ever imagine, every specialty. And then they pull journal articles that reference those topics that interest you. So they keep you up to date as soon as new articles, new information comes out, new guidelines. Um, and there's so many things like that that you can use, apps, uh, websites, email subscriptions is the big one because then I have like eight different emails that come to my phone every day. So I just flip through that, see what's good, pertinent information, and then I can spend some time kind of diving into that. So it's, it, the actual information gathering is pretty effortless at this point just because I've spent the time subscribing to all this information, all these different websites. And so after you kind of get all that established, there's the time of sitting down and actually doing it. And that's really where it comes down to just making a commitment that you're going to do it. That's why I say start with 15 minutes. Everybody can come up with excuses as to why they can do it. The same thing happens with dieting or working out or any other thing that's not necessarily easy in life. And if you have to pick, okay, I'm going to do it at this time, regardless of what's going on, and just start. And once you start, after a few weeks, just like any other habit-forming activity, it just becomes a routine and you don't even think about it. So that's really the, the advice I have is just to get a game plan and then just start it. Pick a day and just, just go. And just do it for a couple of weeks and see, see how it goes. Guys, what Mike just said, the first step, take inventory, is so paramount. And it's actually so simple that a lot of times we just overlook it. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you keep track of your money? You'll probably say, like, oh, yeah, of course. Well, why? Because you've got to spend money on bills. You've got to spend money on rent. Maybe you have kids. You've got to spend money on food. You can't just go willy-nilly spending it, or you won't know where it goes. Peter Drucker, world-renowned financial consultant, said, what gets measured gets managed. And that is so true. And like what Mike said, whether it comes to diet or the example I just gave with your finances, what gets measured gets managed. I know this sounds simple, but do not skip this part. It is so essential. Literally write down a day. Just start now. You can start today, Monday, whatever day. Do it now. Write out what you do. Time block it. And just, just take note. You don't have to plan out. Just take note of what you do. So if getting up takes you an hour and you get up at 8 a.m., write 8 to 9, you know, getting up morning prep. Go from there. At the end of the day, even halfway through the day, you're going to realize, wow, I could have done this. I, I could improve this efficiency. It's so important to do this. I, I can't stress it enough. 
taking stock of where your time goes is the most important way that you can get more done in a day. Because, guys, we all have 24 hours in a day. I've got 24 hours. Beyonce's got 24 hours. I don't twerk as much as she does, but, I mean, if I put the time in, I could still get it. It's not that she has more time or she's more efficient or it's easy for her. She's got way more obligations than I do, but she does a lot more because she's been practicing the skill of time management. And then the second thing Mike said was to start small. In coaching my clients with the fit pharmacist, we have a lot of people that get really excited, really motivated to hit the ground running, and they want to go and work out for two hours the first day, but they haven't been in a gym or went on a walk in over a year. If you do that, you're going to burn out. The key is not getting a lot done in the beginning, but like Mike said, building a habit. So if you can realistically only do five minutes of this a day, do five minutes every day. The key is not that you do a lot at one time, but that you do it consistently, carving out that time every single day. That is going to build the habit, whether it's increasing your clinical knowledge, getting better at the gym, increasing your financial awareness. It doesn't matter. This concept can apply to any goal that you're looking to do. Right now, we're focusing on to make you the better clinical pharmacist, so that's the concept that we're going to apply it to. But just starting small, don't feel like, oh, five minutes, that's not going to make a difference. Well, five minutes once will not, but if you do that for three weeks, a month, two months, I guarantee that you would do a lot better and be a lot farther than you would in day one had you say five minutes, ha, 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 and just blown it off. Don't ignore this, guys. This is really awesome stuff. So that's the second tip is start small. Um, so, Mike, awesome points. I love that. So you were starting to go into some of the resources that you had, and the third concept that you kind of brought up was to make it automated. Let's talk about willpower real quick. With willpower, everyone says like, oh, I didn't do it because I don't have willpower and blah, blah, blah. Everyone has willpower, and everyone has to realize that it's finite, meaning you can, it's like a bank account. You only have, let's say, $100 every day worth of willpower. So if you keep having to process and analyze and make choice after choice after choice, by midday or even like morning time, you're going to be worn out of willpower, and you're not going to have any left. So if you put it, things off to the end of the day, like, oh, I'll look at you know, figuring out what to do later, you're going to be so spent with your willpower, you're not going to be able to use it anymore. So what Mike said is getting on auto-subscribe lists, that's going to take that willpower away and in a good way. So instead of having to think about, you know, what am I going to read? Am I going to go pharmacist letter, pharmacy times, drug topics? You already made that decision and put it on autopilot, like Mike said. So you don't have to spend your willpower on choosing what to read. Instead, you can use it on, I don't know, let's say diet or exercise, uh, where the pharmacist got to tie it in there. Um, so, yeah, that's an excellent point, Mike, uh, with the third where you're saying to basically choose something that you can relate to, that you resonate with, with clinical knowledge, to put that on autopilot to get the automatic emails or the notifications. Um, so I'd love to hear more. What are, like, your top websites that you'd recommend or email lists um, and what do those look like? Do you get articles or just kind of walk us through how that process works? Right. So like I said, one of the big ones that I use um, is that evidence alerts. And, and actually, if you go to Instagram, I have a video on how to subscribe to that. It's a free 
website. I don't have any affiliation with them, so I'm not trying to sound like I'm marketing them or anything. That's just the one I personally use all the time, and I've used this in school. So I always advocate for that one. But if you uh, go to Evidence, if you use Google Evidence Alerts, it'll take you to their, their website. Um, the other ones that I use, uh, Medscape, you can subscribe to them. Uh, Fierce Pharma keeps you up to date with some of the information that's going on in industry. That's what you're interested in. Um, it also tells you about you know where dr- different drug companies are going and what directions they're trying to get into. So uh, besides those, you can also do like the standard, like you were saying, Pharmacy Times, Pharmacist Letters is a really good one. Um, there are there's an app called uh, Read. It's just called Read, and it's got a like a I'll po- we can post a picture of it, but it's like a yellow. Um, box with like a just an icon in the center and it says read and you can basically same thing where you pick your topics that interest you and which specific journals and they'll send you the abstracts or at least the PubMed ID so that you can pull them on your computer and uh, so those of you who have access to some of the information on PubMed if you have a university account or anything can actually go and then pull the full article from there once you have that ID. Uh, but that's another one that I use a lot. Um, um, I'm obviously starting to get more into the social media route because I feel like that's where a lot of information is going. Um, podcasts are great. There's CEs that you can listen to in your car. So for those of you who say you don't have time and then you have to drive 20 minutes to work, well, there's your time. And so I'm a big, big fan of CEs. And, you know, the other thing is looking for conferences or live CEs in your hometown, or even the it's, for those of you who live in a city, there's a there's a college of pharmacy there, or a college of medicine, or whatever. Find find those t- t- days that they have grand rounds or have big topic discussions, um, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, put that effort into making those relationships with people. A lot of these colleges will let you come in and, and audit one lecture, or come and sit in on grand rounds, or whatever it may be. And, and that's one thing actually that's really benefited me a lot is going and finding these talks or these conferences or whatever and spending time going, going to those because not only do you get really up-to-date new information, but it's also a good opportunity to network, which then leads to other opportunities to learn and meet new people and then look in different routes. And it just keeps going and going and going. And, and I think you have to kind of use – a couple to get started, but then keep looking, keep evolving, and keep finding new ways to get information. And eventually, like I said, for me personally, I feel like it's almost effortless at this point to actually get the information. Um, the, so I can focus all my efforts into actually just learning the information. And you just have to start small and then just keep building your database and your subscription models and all that. The rabbit hole is as deep as you want to go. So, guys, A lot of you might think, like, you know, this is all great and whatnot, but what's the point? As you may have heard, pharmacy is becoming more and more competitive. People are starting to realize the value that pharmacists have. Of course, the income level is attractive to a lot of people, and also for schools and colleges of pharmacy. They have doubled in the past 10 years as a revenue stream. That's not their only reason, but that is a higher income revenue stream for universities. So... The demand has gone way up, okay? The supply is going up as well, but the jobs aren't really growing that fast. So you've got a lot more pharmacists getting pumped into the market. How are you going to compete 
what's going to be your edge. How are you going to stand apart? Everyone now has a doctorate that's graduated past, I think it was the late 80s, okay? Everyone's got a PharmD. What else do you have? What else value can you bring to the table for your patients, for your colleagues, for your hospital, for your pharmacy? What are you going to do that's going to help you stand out to give that value to your community? That's the question that you need to ask yourself, and I really think that this is something that you should consider. The tips that Mike's talking about, staying up to date with clinical knowledge, you can provide better care to your patients and bring the best version of yourself to your job, and that's exactly what the Fit Pharmacist is all about. Being the best you can to help others improve their lives. So with that being said, I really want to give a special thank you to Dr. Mike Corvino from Core Consult Rx for being on the Pharmacy Podcast today. Mike, thank you so much for your time and expertise. Really appreciate you having you on today. Um, if people want to reach out to you, they want to learn more, they want to pick your brain, they want to work with you, how do they best get in contact with you? So you can either email me at mcorvino at coreconsulrx.com, and core is C-O-R, like my last name, consulrx.com. And uh, you can also use social media, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those, all those good social media platforms that we, most of us use. Um, I'm on all of those, and all of the Core Console Rx stuff that I put out is all related to pharmacy, evidence-based medicine, or um, day-to-day different tips, things like that. So it's not just me goofing around or anything like that. It's going to waste your time for the most part. Maybe there's a couple of videos thrown in there. But um, for the most part, it's all based on evidence-based medicine or things that you can use that hopefully will be of value to you and beneficial to your career. But, uh, yeah, those are the main platforms. And then send me a direct message, and I'll do whatever I can to help in any way. Awesome, Mike. Well, again, thank you for your time for being on the Fit Pharmacist podcast. Guys, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. 